1: Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit YourDiscipleshipCoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael.
2: Well, thank you for tuning in today to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. And can I just say Merry Christmas? You are tuning in to our Christmas episode of Your Discipleship Coach. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day, and so we are thankful to the Lord for who He is and what He means to us. So welcome to this episode, and Merry Christmas. The title of this episode is a one-word title. It's the word Traditions. So we're going to talk about this, this entire episode about traditions. It'll be somewhat personal and maybe, I hope, a little bit fun in the front end of the episode. And then in the back end of the episode, after break, we're going to dig into some specific Christmas traditions. And we're going to break that down. And I want to start, you know, with Christmas here at all. Just talking a minute about uh, talking a minute about presents, and I recently preaching one of the sermons at, at the church where I pastor. I asked how many of you like to give presents, and everyone said yes. And I said, how many of you like to receive them? And about half the hands went up. I just want to tell you, it's okay to receive a present. I love receiving presents. I actually can remember one Christmas um, as a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, I, I. Was was hoping for a jersey of one of the players I was rooting for, and uh, I was debating whether or not to say the name. Yes, it's Tony Romo. I was I was a fan, and Tony Romo was was the quarterback of the Cowboys. and And I opened up a gift from my wife, and it was it was a home jersey, home Tony Romo jersey. I had a friend in town, and when I opened his package, it was the away jersey. I got. Two presents—it's it's one of my favorite things that has happened. I hope that doesn't make me selfish, but but giving presents is important. Receiving presents is also fun, and and with that, I just want to go on record to say that I love birthdays. I love my birthday. I love all of my kids' birthdays. My wife's birthday. My wife and I have six children. We're always celebrating birthdays. We we seem to celebrate. Three, four, five weeks for everyone's birthday. And so we're always in a celebration. I have a son that was born four days before my birthday. I did everything in my power uh, for that son to be born in my ber- on my birthday, but my wife was having none of that. So sometimes we celebrate together, my son and I. And one of the traditions that has been carried on and passed on to my son is something that's happened most of my life. And I've received a chocolate chip cheesecake made right now by my wife. We're so thankful. Honey, I love you. Thank you for that cheesecake. I can almost taste it now. Hint. Hint. Anyway, so as you listen, we're talking about traditions, and I think about birthdays, and, and you know, we use birthday cakes and candles, and it, the ancient Greeks—actually, here's here's some history. The ancient Greeks put candles on, on cake as a special way to pay tribute to a moon goddess, and the idea is they would bake the cake that, that was round, and it would symbolize the moon, uh, and candles added, like, the representation of moonlight, and and uh, before you get all up in arms, later candles became a popular tradition uh, from with Germans, and and they they recognized a religious um, practice with it. And Germans placed a large candle in the center of a cake, and it symbolized Christ as the light of life. And I know that sometimes we just have candles and we blow it out and we celebrate a birthday, but there's something behind that tradition. You now, people have believed that the smoke from candles would carry their wishes to the gods and ward off evil spirits, and yet here we are, even as believers, and we make a wish. and And I just want to say this: that as a human being, we practice this birthday tradition and have cakes and candles and sing "Happy Birthday" and 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 all of that. And and you know, we're not hijacked by that superstition. Uh, in fact, traditions are good, and and. We do it every year, and we do it with every member of our family. and And some people have even seen those the smoke going up as as a prayer to God. But that's where this make a wish comes from. But one of the things that I like to do is this transition is to make a spiritual practice part of it. And I will pray with my hands on my children for every one of my kids as we celebrate their birthday and light candles and and do that because these traditions become important to not only me but my children to our. Our family, you know, all of us practice traditions as we celebrate different anniversaries. Of you know, our wedding, we we celebrate a wedding anniversary every year. We never say, "Well, I did that last year," right? I mean, we do this every year. But sometimes our traditions and our 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 anniversary memories are are difficult. We we remember uh, every year the, the day that someone important to us maybe passed away, and and it's this this tradition to mourn in a certain way. Some of us, uh, celebrate our, our spiritual birthday when we met Christ. So these are all different practices and traditions. You know, my family, uh, like probably your family, has several traditions. And this is what we're talking about today. And at the end of this episode, we're going to break down Christmas traditions that I hope you can hear and learn and resonate with and practice. But my family, like yours, you know, we all practice traditions. One of our, our, uh, traditions comes around New Year's Day. Growing up, we always went to my great grandparents' house. You know, some people had just ended their all night watch night service at church and others, like my family, we just went to a New Year's Eve party. But we would go to my great grandparents' house and we would eat cinnamon rolls and sticky buns. And it's where I started watching, uh, New Year's Day college football and this little black and white TV on the, on the counter. In their kitchen area, but we did this just every year. It's what we did. You know, as a teenager, I went on President's Day weekend. We went to a lock-in with our youth group every year and many churches actually do this now. It's just something that you do every year and it's, it becomes not only routine, but part of who you are. It becomes a contributing uh, component to the memories that you have in your life. And so these traditions, we'll talk about the value of them during the show, but one season that we have traditions is the Easter season. In our house, we dye Easter eggs every single year. You know, it's interesting. Significantly, it's been said that dyeing Easter eggs comes from a Christian heritage where coloring an egg red would remind them of the memory of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not sure that we talk about that at all or if that's 100% accurate, but it's part of the history there. We have many that who practice these traditions around Easter, like ashes on your forehead on Ash Wednesday, or reflecting and attending a a good Friday church service to to remember the hurt and the pain and the suffering of jesus and and for some, we go to a sunrise service on Easter Sunday. you know that goes all the way back to I think seventeen thirty two the Moravian Church held Easter Sunday morning prayer services, and then after these prayer. Times these young men would, would go to the cemetery and they would sing hymns and they would sit in the cemetery till the sun rose. And that became a symbol of Christ's resurrection. And, and, and for many people, even if you don't do it on sunrise, Easter becomes this maybe largest attended Sunday of the year. You know, it becomes a tradition in people's lives to go to church on, on Easter. Some people celebrate the Easter bunny and Easter baskets and they eat the same thing every year ham or lamb or different traditional foods. You know, families gather together. At our house, we do Easter devotional as a family every single year. These traditions, and we're going to talk about Christmas traditions in the second half of the show, but our family has a huge tradition on Independence Day. It's, it's been like a anniversary time every year for my wife and her family, and, and they all come from all over the country. Even if they don't come during Christmas or Thanksgiving, they come during the Fourth of July and Independence Day, and we always go to the same town's parade. We always cook out. We always— It's the word always, do the same things. These are traditions that we have. And if you're thinking about this today, I want you to ask the question, you know, does this apply to our discipleship, to our spiritual development? We're going to talk about Christmas traditions in the second half of the show, and we're going to connect those dots. But first, I just want us to get into the rhythm of understanding the idea of traditions. You know, every fall, my family goes apple picking and that's not enough. We also go to a pumpkin patch, uh, and we do both of them every year. And not only do we go apple picking and and go to pumpkin patches and ride hay rides and, and do all of that, but we carve out pumpkins and we are, you know put our hands inside of them and make pumpkin seeds and, and do all of that. But what else we do is we do a devotional. We do a lot of devotionals around these holidays, and we do one called the Pumpkin Patch Parable, where we talk about uh, like at Easter, we talk about Easter eggs. At, at the fall time, we talk about pumpkins, and we connect these the, these elements of our culture and look at the spiritual significance, or lessons, or history that these uh, icons have. And the pumpkin, you know, just talks all about the salvation story. You can look that up. The pumpkin patch parable. But every fall, we. We buy apple cider and, and we put caramel in it and cinnamon and, you know, you buy candy corns. We don't even like candy corns, but we buy them. And then, of course, is Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving is one of my favorite foods of the year is our foods at all is, is a turkey dinner. And every year my wife makes, makes a, a turkey dinner on Thanksgiving. We make it several times a year. We watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade while we eat homemade cinnamon rolls. And, you know, we watch the football games, go Cowboys and and et cetera, things like that. So we're talking about traditions today, and you've probably resonated with some of mine. When we get into the second half of the show, we're going to talk about traditions at Christmas time. So it is Christmas right now. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve. So we're going to look at some traditions that you can reflect on or possibly apply as you celebrate the birth of Christ. And we're going to look at some of the ways that we can build our identity and strengthen our connection with our family and with our Lord. So I'm going to be right back. We're going to talk a little bit more about traditions. So I want you to stay tuned. You're listening to your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And you're listening on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. And we're back. Thank you for staying tuned on this December 23 Christmas time. You're listening to your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm Michael Smith. I'm your host here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. And we're talking about traditions. and I've shared many of our family traditions with you. And we're going to talk about Christmas traditions here in the second half of the show. And And let's just get right into that. At Christmas time, you know, we we oftentimes will attend a, a candlelight. Christmas Eve service, or my sister and I have this tradition when we were young, we would exchange our gifts on Christmas Eve, and and our big Christmas time was Christmas morning. Um, But we would, you know, look at decorating our house as an event every Christmas. In fact, um, uh, our church is all decked out. We have 15 Christmas trees on our platform at the church. It's beautiful. But we we develop these traditions at Christmas time, and my wife and I wrap our last-minute presents on Christmas Eve and when we do that we always turn in tune in on the midnight mass. And uh, just look at that it 's kind of an interesting uh, service to watch and listen to and it 's interesting my My very first um, trumpet job was was uh, at a mass like this a holiday mass, and uh, it just has been interesting uh, to me but then on Christmas day um, we have uh, we 'll talk a little bit more about the Christmas traditions here um, during the Christmas season. The traditions that we have is is we usually have a big family shopping day and Uh, We always do a Christmas devotional where we meet every night and go through a Christmas devotional as a family. Uh, we, like I said, decorate the house. And one of the things that we do is we drive to see the Christmas lights. We, as a family, we go downtown Chicago. As a kid, I always, on Christmas Eve, we we'll go to my grandma's house or my aunt's house. And, you know, every year we listen to Christmas music. I I turn on one of the local stations. In fact, this year I did this with my my daughter. We listen to the Christmas music. Just come on the air for the first time. We, we watch Christmas movies. We go to the Nutcracker. We exchange gifts. We go carry. We bake cookies, you know, we, we do events at our church and, you know, hand out candy canes and do live music in the lobby and drink hot chocolate. Just traditions, traditions. And these become as important things. And, and I'm going to explain why they're important, but I'm going to talk about Christmas morning at our house. You know, we don't make Christmas morning just about all of the things, we've been doing these traditions all season. We usually have family in town and and we do this together with our family and all the family that that is in town, and we start with a Christmas Eve service, and then we come home and and my wife reads the book "Twas the night before christmas and we we do this as a family we go to bed, we get up in the morning, and there's this wow factor because we we put the rest of the gifts under the tree and pull them out so it kind of fills as much of the area as possible and and our our kids see that, but they're not allowed to touch them. They, they, they wake everybody up, and our, our family has always slept in, so we usually get up a little bit later, and then we open Christmas stockings, and then we sit together as a family and share a Christmas breakfast. And then the sort of the highlight of the morning is they sit around me, and I read from the Bible the Christmas story from Luke's gospel to our family. We pray together. It's not until that point that we start to exchange gifts with one another. then we eat a family dinner and and play games together. This is what we do on Christmas. It really all centers around uh, around God's gift to us. You know but I've talked all episode about about traditions, and I wonder why is it that they're so important? See these rituals or traditions in many people's lives, especially if you don't follow Christ, they serve as sort of a substitute for religion. But what happens for believers is it brings everyday life into our faith. And so these these human practices and traditions connect the real world with, with our faith in Jesus Christ. And these practices, the annual things that we do, these traditions bring structure and comfort into our life. They truly interject a sense of happiness and the positive perspective. It, it increases our, our mental health. Uh, one of the things that these traditions do is they bring a connection with the people that we love the most. I guess in a deep sense, these traditions provide a place or something to belong to. Ultimately, these traditions contribute to our identity as people. And so, when we can connect the practices with our faith, it contributes and bolsters our identity, even in christ's and and one of my favorite things about these rituals, these traditions is it helps us to foster memories, memories, spiritual memories, memories with our family. You know this year, I want to encourage you to leverage Christmas in a way that that does that for you, that fosters memories that bolsters identity in your life that, that provides a place for members of your family to belong. You know, there's a lot of confusion in our world. Our, our family members, our young adult children, our, our brothers and sisters, our grandchildren are all struggling and asking all kinds of questions. And the fact that we can tie these practices together and link it with our faith in Jesus, you know, looking at the Christmas tree, why do we put up the tree and put lights around it? The lights on a tree really, to me, signify the light of Jesus shining all over the world. You know, we could talk about things like that in a way that ties our faith to the things that our culture practices. We don't have to be hijacked by our culture, but these traditions, these practices can be a way for us to not only express our worship to God, but involve our family and others and truly present the gospel with people in our lives. You know, I want you to honor and worship Jesus this Christmas. The Magi in the Christmas story brought gifts, you you know, gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh, and they brought these gifts. We exchange Christmas gifts, uh, you know, and it's likened into the Magi bringing a gift of worship and honor. So when we give a gift, we are giving honor to someone. So I talked at the beginning about receiving gifts, and that's fun and important, but, you know, there's an opportunity that we have to honor someone. When you give a gift this Christmas, I want you to think about an honor, uh, honoring that person, and, and maybe giving them a gift and expressing to them how important and special they are. And then thinking of it like this, what gift are we offering to Christ? The gift of our time and our attention. We should have this tradition that every day, certainly every Christmas, but every day, just giving an honor to God, this is a gift acknowledging who he is. So, so leverage Christmas this year by honoring and worshiping Jesus and giving honor to others, and then connecting with your loved ones, spending time with them and connecting your relationship and your faith. Another idea is to reflect, you know, how is what you're doing helping you become who you're becoming? Or what seeds are you planting this year in your life that will produce the harvest in your life that you want? Can you reflect, am I purposeful in my spiritual life? We can leverage Christmas to be a time where we can become personal with God and then identify something to add or accentuate at Christmas time, uh, some kind of tradition, add a tradition or accentuate a tradition, just build that rhythm in your life. Today, I may have a final thought or two, but I wanted to also kind of lead us to an end by reading the Christmas story to you. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, to be registered to Mary his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. You will. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth and goodwill. Uh, peace on earth among those with whom you, he is pleased. When the angel went away from heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see these things that have happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who had heard the, and wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Take that story and apply that to your heart today. I want to thank you for listening today. Today's show has been brought to you by Professional Coach University. Professional Coach University is a coach training school where they help you maximize your potential professionally and personally. You can study there and become a certified coach. Visit professionalcoachuniversity.com to learn more. Hey, at this Christmas time, I encourage you to plan well to worship Christ. Begin to look forward into the new year. Maybe partner with a discipleship coach. We're here to help you. In fact, if you visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, you can take our free coaching readiness questionnaire, and we would be glad to observe that with you and identify your readiness for coaching. We want to partner with you. In fact, I am for you. And at this Christmas time, as we celebrate Christ, I want you to know that God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? I want to say Merry Christmas. Let's worship Jesus. You've been listening to Your Discipleship Coach today on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.
1: To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life.